Hello, hardcore WWE fans, and welcome to Making the Great. I'm assuming if you're still watching this dreck as of late, you have to be hardcore fans. Yes, your ears are not deceiving you. This isn't Adam. This is a new guy on the rundown. Oh, uh, wait, no, uh, this is Jeff. You know, the guy from Hurry Up and Cruiserweight? Uh, the guy who used to appear on the rundown proper with Troy and Jason? No? Alright, fine. I'm Jeff, and I like talking about cocks. Ah, there you go. Now we're on the same page. Speaking of cocks, head over to rundownwrestling.com where you can vote on the hottest WWE men's tournament, which just started this week. The goddess Alexa Bliss took home the title of hottest female WWE talent. Who will take home the title of hottest guy? Go input what you guys want, and... Uh, you guys will decide. Anyway, we have a lot to cover this week in wrestling, starting with the Money in the Bank pay-per-view, which Adam was at, ergo why I'm doing the show this week. Let's dive into Money in the Bank. It took place at the XL Center in Hartford, Connecticut on Sunday, May 19th. Let's start with the pre-show. Let's be honest, uh, I didn't watch most of the pre-show. If it weren't for this podcast, I wouldn't be watching any of it. However, I will say they interviewed Lacey Evans at one point, and she still seems very confused about her southern accent. Let's dive into the first match. To open the Money in the Bank pre-show, we have uh, Daniel Bryan and Biodiesel, which I still love that name, versus the Usos for the SmackDown Tag Team Champ. Wait. Nope. Non-title match because fuck all tag teams. The Usos start out with a mic, and they make unfunny kid jokes by calling Brian and Biodiesel Spongebob and Patrick. Negative points. Did I do that right? I think I did. Fuck all tag teams. Because this was fucking bad. Not the match. I didn't talk about the match yet. The match featured a lot of stiff chops. Uh, Jimmy hitting a whisper in the wind. Rowan with a double, double suplex. Double superplex. Ugh. Double superplex. <laughs> I'm also fucking sick as shit, as you can hear. Um, this also would have been out earlier if I wasn't sick, so you're going to have to bear with me. I'm still going to stick to uh, the rules that were set in place by Adam. Um, Brian countered an Uso splash with a label lock. I, okay. I have to get used to not covering matches so in-depth like I do on Hurry Up and Cruiserweight, or this will be a two-hour-long episode. So let's just say Rowan was made to look like a powerhouse in this match. Um, but fuck tag teams anyway, because Spongebob and Patrick lose to a double Uso splash on Brian. Oh yeah, uh, grade, uh, B. It was a solid match, and it was a solid, uh, way to get the crowd going, with lots of fun spots, uh, and the baby faces went over, so that always gets a crowd kind of going. I guess it was only one show, one match on the pre-show, as we head into the main card, and we open immediately with the women's Money in the Bank ladder match. Naomi... She's dressed like a bumblebee. Oh, upon further research, she's actually dressed like Bumblebee from the Teen Titans. So, I accept that. The other girls make their way down to the ring. Carmella, Nicole Cross. She looks and acts exactly the same as she did previously. Mandy Rose, accompanied by Sonya Deville. It's kind of hilarious how Sonya's blurred out as part of her entrance. Ember Moon, Dana Brooke. Yep. Actually, Dana Brooke, not anybody else. <coughs> Sasha Banks. Um, Pussy Farts, 
and finally Bailey. So this match is going on first. Has to almost guarantee a cash in later in the night. So I was wrong about my prediction, but what else is new? Am I right? I suck at predicting. I just kind of have to hope Ginger's worse than me. Oh yeah, Renee Young, Tom Phillips, and uh, Tom Phil, oh uh, whatever, and Byron Saxon on commentary. Uh, ick. <laughs> Nikki controls early as I love her new gimmick, crazy psycho aggressive lady. Wait. This is a spot fest, as these matches tend to be. So here's a rundown. <laughs> Get it. Ember Moon with a backpack stunner on a ladder. To Nikki, Dana Brooke climbs a ladder. Ember Moon and Bailey were fighting over. Basically, they were holding it as Dana Brooke climbed up. Carmella seems to have hurt her knee when Mandy Rose attempted a move, and Mandy tried to continue the assault on Carmella. And Carmella just kind of kept shoving her away. She seemed legitimately hurt, but I hope it's not serious. Naomi jumped across ladders and hit a dropkick on Mandy, <clears throat> then did a split to avoid being sandwiched in between two ladders. Carmella was helped to the back. Um, Bailey with a sunset flip powerbomb on Dana onto a ladder. Naomi with a split-legged moonsault onto Bailey on a ladder. Dana hung from the brief briefcase chain for literally no reason. She could have just grabbed the briefcase off, but that's typical Dana Brooks stuff. Ember Moon with an eclipse from the ladder outside of the ring onto Natalia inside the ring. And that was amazing. That was probably the move of the entire match. The spot. <clears throat> Carmella returned to the ring later, and Mandy stupidly went outside the ring to attack her when she was alone in the ring, and could have easily just climbed the ladder. Sonya prevented Carmella from winning the briefcase, and she picked her up on her shoulders, picked uh, Mandy Rose up on her shoulders, and started climbing the ladder. It was kind of impressive. Finally, Bailey climbed the ladder, knocked off Mandy, and grabbed the briefcase to win grade A. This is a fantastic match that showcased each of the women involved. Ember Moon with the spot of the match, as I said earlier. Nikki Cross being a powerhouse. Even Dana Brooke looked good. Mandy Rose was Mandy Rose. Cheating heel is always welcomed in this kind of match. Um, Bailey mentioned Sasha Banks in her post post. <clears throat> post-match promo and it was a decent promo from her bring it in hone it in jeff hone it in it's been a while since you recorded you got this <laughs> Sami Zayn interrupts triple h on the phone about being nervous about braun Strowman taking revenge on him braun Strowman has been banned from the building okay we see ray and dominic backstage that's it speaking of ray mysterio He's out next for the U.S. title match. Oh, uh, now the Raw broadcast team is there with Corey, not Baby Cole, actual Cole, and Renee, still. Samoa Joe out second, like a champion should. This feud has been cursed, but these two have potential to put on an amazing match. Dominic is watching backstage. Yay! The ref holds up the belt, and I can't help but think he may have an extra chromosome. Anyway, Rey Mysterio with a seated senton and his tiny ass lands directly on Samoa Joe's giant nose. Samoa Joe's face is completely destroyed. His nose is definitely broken. <clears throat> Joe kind of comes back a little bit and chops Rey's tits off. Uh, then Joe goes for a powerbomb and Rey counters into a Hurricane Rana and he gets the three count. I play-by-played -play that entire match. Oh yeah, Samoa Joe's left shoulder was up on the pin the entire time, by the way. 
and must have had to go home due to his broken nose. The cursed feud continues. Dominic frolics down to the ring to greet his father. Queer. The match together, uh, they walk together up the ramp. Samoa Joe blindsides and beats up Ray. End this feud already, please. Oh yeah, by the way, Dominic was just sitting there watching Joe beat up his dad. Grade D. We can't seem to get a decent match out of these two, even though it's in the cards, they could easily have a good match. What saved this from being an F was Joe looking sadistic with blood all over his face. And that was it. Braun is in the building, and Triple H is a liar. He's trying to find Sami Zayn in typical Braun Strowman fashion. You know, Sami! Where's Sami? That's a good impression, right? Steel Cage match next as we get a video package for this feud. I'm not that excited for it. The build has been blah. Basically, lukewarm Miz Mizanin runs in and beats up Shane Weekly with a steel chair. The crowd misses the awesome cue and yells it too early as the Miz comes out. This just in, Shane McMahon's punches are horrid. Shane does hit a fireman's carry neckbreaker, which I've never seen him do before. And the Miz sloppily counters it coast to coast with a figure four leg lock. Miz closes the do steel door on Shane's head. Ow. Miz hits Shane with about 37 chair shots to the back, skull crushing finale on a steel chair, and somehow Shane gets a rope break even though there are no rope breaks. The announcers are all over it too. This was fucking dumb. This should have been the end of the match. Just end it. Instead, we get Miz doing a horrific frog splash. And Miz goes for a superplex off the top of the cage and, sl and Shane slain. Shane slips out of his jersey and falls to the floor and wins. Grade C. Not a great match in a not-so-great feud. The best in the world wins again. So excited Shane is featured in every pay-per-view this year so far, and there are no signs of it letting up. Wonderful. Backstage, we see Triple H and someone, maybe HBK? Approach or run into a little backstage area where Sami Zayn is hanging upside down like the Predator killed him. So I'm guessing he's out of the match. So what was the point of him winning his spot in the Money in the Bank match? Um, fuck Sami Zayn? Next up is the Cruiserweight Championship match. Finally, something I know about. Tony Nese as the champion comes out first. Okay. Whatever. I guess his title reign deserves that. Oh, God. Newly promoted drug lord Davari drives out in a Benz. <clears throat> I'm a little excited because finally a 205 Live match does get featured on an actual pay-per-view. Um, however, I am skeptical as why they chose this one. Aiden says Arya is trying to find the chink in the armor of Tony Nese, and I don't approve of his racial slurs. At all. Shame on you, Aiden. Nice with a 450 splash for a two count. Running Nice for the three count. That's all I have to say about this match. Grade C. Underwhelming match. Um, and I think I'm giving it a C just to be nice. Because I'm a 205 Live guy. My skepticism was well-deserved. Back to the pre-show for the 205 Livers. Triple H goes face-to-face. -face, uh... And, uh, what did I write here? I started writing this a couple days ago. 
Okay, Triple H goes face to face with. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, goes face to face with Braun, and uh, wants to know what he did to Sammy, even though he denied it. <laughs> we get an ad, uh, get an ad for Sand Gingers specifically for two fifty-year-old men fighting. Look, I love Goldberg as a WCW guy, but this is too much. This is gonna be rough. Next up is uh, the Raw Women's Championship as Lacey Evans makes her way down in the ring. I just want to say that last part, that was rough. When I fuck up typing my little script, that was that was bad. <clears throat> okay. Lacey Evans makes her way down in the ring and now Becky Lynch. Tropicana is the referee. Yes, uh, me and my friends have dubbed him Tropicana. I didn't come up with it. My friend did. Because he's very orange. This is an okay match, bell to bell. Lacey looked a little overwhelmed, perhaps, but it wasn't a bad showing. Becky wins, countering a schoolgirl roll-up into the disarmor for the immediate tap-out victory. Grade C. Kind of weird how quick it was. Not sure that was supposed to happen, meaning the disarmor. Put her in the disarmor, and before she like even fully locked it in, like the ref called for the bell. <laughs> Lacey had some nice heel moments, including wiping her sweat away with a kerchief in the middle of the match. Um... And Becky selling an arm injury, kinda. Um, after the win, Becky goes to walk up the ramp and Charlotte Flair's music hits as she tells Becky to get back in the ring. Evans ended up being involved in delivering a sneaky women's right to the champ and Charlotte whiffed completely on a big boot for the three count. Your new champion and now ten-time winner, Charlotte Flair. Now before I give this a bad grade, Becky attacked Evans before Flair, and Evans beat her down together, leading to, that's right, <laughs> Becky Lynch. That doesn't make sense. Let's try this again. You have to, I'm on a lot of drugs. You gotta give me a little break here. Bailey came down to the ring for the save, and after Charlotte ran into the steel post, Bailey cashed in and hit a top rope elbow drop for the victory and your new SmackDown Women's Champ, Bailey. Grade a, this was a predictable, it's a little predictable, you know, being how early the women's ladder match was, but it didn't matter because of how great the moment was. The win was completely taken out of everyone's sails when Charlotte pinned Becky, and then they were immediately lifted back up tenfold when Bailey's music hit. She deserves it and hopefully will get a sustained run as champ. Keyword being hopefully. We see Roman backstage when an Elias sneaks up on him from behind and blasts him with a guitar. Elias then makes his way to the arena. Bonus points. I liked it. So did the crowd. He gets his stool and guitar in the center of the ring. It's an electric guitar this time. And he does his usual stick. But he does get to play a full song. As Elias heads up the ramp, Roman makes his way out and beats up Elias. He spears and pins Elias immediately. Grade B. Look, I know squash matches get C's. That's kind of the rule here, but everything else that was kind of put into this made it a B for me. I guess maybe Roman was injured or something. That's why they had such a tiny match. Or they just wanted Roman to squash Elias. <laughs> I liked the Elias backstage part of it. It was clever. He got his heat, um, but the match was silly to be a squash. I, I, I'm not going to complain too much about it because he got to play a whole song, which he like never gets to do. So, Next up, we have Seth Rollins versus AJ Styles for the Universal Championship, and we get a very good video package marred by cheesy green and gold title graphics. They were horrible. 
Uh, I'm going to leave all the sniffles in too. You can blame Adam for that. I'm excited for the potential that this match has. Knowing WWE lately, they'll ruin this and have Randy Orton RKO everybody in the match and have it end in a no contest. Or Brock Lesnar come out and smash everyone. Tardy is your referee again. Seth is apparently more aggressive lately. Don't they say that about everybody? Quick pace and great match, not surprisingly. There was an awesome inverted superplex into an inverted DDT spot by Rollins on Styles. That was awesome. Rollins kicks out of a Styles clash that Styles beautifully countered into from a stomp. Moments later, Rollins gets the stomp for the three count. Grade A. Obviously the best wrestled, ma uh, best wrestled match of the night. Two of the best in the world and given time will always be great. Almost. Rollins retaining is the correct choice in my opinion, and it was a real fun one. They eventually shake hands after the match. Fuck. Fuck. Fuck! Lucha House Party makes their way down to the ring. Why? I'm not on Hurry Up and Cruiserweight. I still can't escape these fools. Oh. They have mics. Fuck you, Adam. Fuck you. Everyone, it's time to take a pee break. Alright, I'm not going to go pee. Everybody else can, though. <laughs> Lars Sullivan comes to the ring, and all I can hope for is a triple homicide. So Lars headbutts Kalisto and busts his head open, and he's bleeding a lot. He powerbombs Kalisto. I got my wish, they're all dead. Does Adam usually grade shit like this? Fuck it, he's not here. Grade A. Lucha House Party should reenact Lemon Party, and that's the only way they'd be interesting to me. We get the video package for the next match, Kevin Owens vs. Kofi Kingston for the WWE Championship. It's a great video package. Um, so into the match, Kofi got launched into a cameraman unintentionally, and the crowd was weirdly quiet for this one. Kofi kicked out of a pop-up sit-out powerbomb, which looked better in my opinion. Kofi also grabbed the bottom rope when Kevin Owens hit a stunner. Kofi ends up retaining with a trouble in paradise. Grade A. This is a great match. Once again, when you get performers of this caliber and you give them time, you will hardly not be impressed. Plenty of near falls from both men and a decent story told in a short period of time leading up. It really delivered, in my opinion. Kofi is on the run of his wrestling career and he continues to deliver. So that means that all is left is the men's Money in the Bank match. So no cash-ins tonight, I guess. You got Baron Corbin, Finn Balor, Ricochet, Andrade, or as I wrote here, Andrade, Ali, Drew McIntyre, and Randy Orton. Randy Orton made me laugh in this match. He was just waiting next to the announce table, and as opponents kind of came to him, he was just back suplexing them onto the announce tables. I think he did it like three different times. <laughs> Uh, Randy Orton set up for the RKO, and you guys tell me if you hear this. When he starts pounding the mat like he does when he's laying down, he pounded the theme of Goldberg. At least the very beginning. Just watch it and let me know if you agree. At one point, Andrade and Balor battle at the top of the ladder while there's a ladder horizontal hanging between the second rope and the ladder they are climbing. And Andrade Sunset Flip power bombs Balor into the horizontal ladder, and I swear to God he bounced about eight feet in the air after hitting that ladder. It looked ridiculously painful and really good. Props to both guys for taking that spot, but especially Balor. 
Ali and Andrade did another spot, climbing two ladders next to each other, and Ali landed a Spanish fly on Andrade off the ladder. Ouch again. Baron Corbin hit Ali through an announce table with a massive choke slam, and I will say, I don't give Baron Corbin props much, but that choke slam looked fantastic. Um, he hit a second one on Balor to a ladder, and he, like I said, he really laid those in. <laughs> Corbin is on a roll as he catches Ricochet on a suicide dive and hits the deep six on the outside. Almost makes me like him a little. Balor took a fucking beating. He got suplexed on a ladder by McIntyre. And McIntyre hit a reverse Alabama slam to Andrade on top of Balor. Finally, Ricochet got launched by McIntyre onto a ladder that was set up between the ring and the announce table, and he snapped it in half. Fucking ouch. This is ridiculous. As Ali goes to get the briefcase, Brock Lesnar's music hits. Yes, I'm not kidding. He takes out about three cameramen on his way down to the ring and apparently injures Ali. Yeah, that was a surprise, but really? Brock climbs the ladder and wins. Grade? I still have to give it an A. Surprise ending, albeit. Why Brock? Amazing spots, many false finishes, and just a match of the year candidate. Please, this is the match to watch. Go back and watch it if you haven't already. My God. <clears throat> Overall grade for Money in the Bank is a B. Very solid action. Middle of the card was what kept this from being an A. Uh, the Joe Mysterio match was frustrating, as well as the Steel Cage match between The Miz and Shane. Becky and Lacey was alright, but the WWE Universal Championship match and WWE Championship match... Um, Along with the Bailey Cashin and the ladder matches make this probably the best WWE pay-per-view all year, in my opinion. And I went to WrestleMania. Now we move on to the following night as Raw took place. We are promised the announcement of a new title. Interesting. Being as though most of them aren't already being featured on the pay-per-views. We open the show with Brock Lesnar coming out with the Money in the Bank briefcase, listening to it like the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air listening to a boombox. And I have to say, I don't hate it. He has a ton more charisma with the briefcase than he's had about in about five years. <laughs> Seth comes out and he tries to tear down Brock. He tries to go Lesnar into cashing it in tonight. It doesn't work. It really depends on where they go with this. It better not end at Blood in the Sand. Heyman took a shot at Rollins for his girlfriend Becky main eventing WrestleMania instead of Rollins. Then we get Kofi coming out as he issues a warning to Brock and Paul spins it as if they are auditioning for Brock, which I loved. Grade A. I'll say overall this was great. The most interesting, this is the most interesting Brock has been. Um, and it gives the champs something to truly worry about. Kofi and Seth are seen backstage. Triple H says they have to team up to face Lashley and Corbin in the main event. Oh boy, another Corbin main event. Our first match is Sami Zayn, who is undead as he was killed by the Predator last night. He faces Braun Strowman. They fight backstage as Braun catches him. Same spiel as always. He essentially got his ass kicked by Angry Braun. Running Power Slam ends at grade C. Why? He is going nowhere. Oh yeah, and squash matches get C's. Give Sammy something. At least he would... 
At least he would be something fresh, something new. He's he's doing fantastic on the mic. Just give him something. Next up, Lars Sullivan is out for an interview, and fucking goddamn it, fucking fuck, fuck! I can't escape the fucking Lucha House Party. They try to attack Lars. It doesn't work. This sucked. Grade D. Because I'll rarely give Fs, and they're lucky. Next up, we get Ricochet versus Cesaro. Cesaro finally has a new theme, and it was notorious that he hated his old one. Uh, the colors on his Titan Tron, or whatever the hell they call it now, remind me of Lex Luthor. And the song kind of reminds me of something from a superhero movie. So I kind of like it. Personally, much better than his old theme. Some great spots, including a humongous, painful-looking backbreaker. Ah, the backbreaker was just... Mwah, mwah. Roderick Strong would be proud. Cesaro ultimately wins with the neutralizer. Grade A. I think that backbreaker should be his finisher. Great match between these two very competent wrestlers. Just a fun match that continues to build Cesaro up. I hope it ends with some sort of single title for him because he does deserve it. In other news, AJ Styles slaps the shit out of Baron Corbin. Yay. We get the top heel in WWE interrupting Roman Reigns. He will be setting his sights on Roman Reigns. Oh boy. And apparently, Drew McIntyre is Shane's new bodyguard. Shane and Roman will wrestle at Super Showdown. Boo! Now it's time for everyone's favorite feud, Usi Hot vs. Itchy Crotches. Fucking garbage that this has been. But the Usos take on the revival anyway. Surprisingly, and due to the storyline, not to the talent of these tag teams, this was a great match. Uh, first of all, the revival won after Dawson rolled up, I think, Jimmy? For the three count. Grade A. These are two of the best, and this TV match really proved it. A surprise ending mixed with great chemistry made this fantastic. Also, I heard the nickname Daddy Dash for for the first time online in our hottest men's tournament, and I love it. Thank you for introducing me to it, and he will be forever known as Daddy Dash. And now, for something completely different. Nikki Cross will co-host A Moment of Bliss. Nikki is so cute backstage now, and it makes my Scottish loins tingle. We get a short teaser for Bray Wyatt's new Darkness character. Still cool, but I swear to God, if he comes out to the ring finally and has the Firefly Funhouse theme as his own theme, I don't know what I'm going to do. We get a moment of Bliss. Bliss has Cross fetch her coffee. This essentially was a clusterfuck of a segment to get to a women's uh, to get all the women who have titles out in one segment with Becky, the Iconics, and Lacey Evans all involved. The only one missing was Charlotte. It predictably led to a six-woman tag between the Iconics and Lacey Evans versus Lynch, Bliss, and Cross. Cross and Bliss will probably be the Iconics' next challengers. <laughs> Bliss essentially never got involved in the match as she watched from ringside. Lacey Evans left the Iconics halfway through the match, making it a regular tag match. What was the point of making it a six-man? Just to have those fucking two involved. Lynch pinned Billy Kay after a leg drop. Grade D. I hate this shit. Of course, Becky shouldn't take the, lost, take the loss, but neither should the Iconics. 
they didn't even appear at Money in the Bank, and when they do appear finally on TV, they lose further devaluing the tag belts. Fucking stupid. Now it's time for Mick Foley to introduce the new WWE belt, the Ugly Ass 24-7 Championship. It got a lot of boos, and Mick Foley was still not good on the mic. Look, this could be fun going back to the 24-7 rule, to the hardcore title used to have. Um, uh, basically, Mick Foley calls it a scramble. That ends up happening for the title. Whoever gets their hands on the belt first gets it. Um, the club gets their hands on the belt. Um, and what is this fucking shit? Piddle Boy is in the ring with Titus O'Neil going for the belt. Thank God. I'm not, I can't believe I'm going to say this. Thank God Titus gets it. However, it's short-lived as Robert Roode pins Titus on the ramp and gets the belt. <clears throat> later on, I'm just going to lump this in. R-Truth won it later by outsmarting everyone else. Fucking really? Isn't his gimmick supposed to be that he's a dope? Grade B. I, I really don't hate this. Just for the potential that it has, it can make actual comedy segments and some fun, which WWE seriously needs at this point. Um, it also gives the mid to lower card guys something to do. And by the way, I'm not talking about Vince McMahon comedy. I'm talking about actual funny material. Um, but it all remains to be seen. Like I said, the reason this gets to be is because of the potential of this. The Miz versus Drew McIntyre next. It was a decent match. Uh, honestly, I think I've had enough of lukewarm Miz Mizanin. Um, he needs to go back to being heel. McIntyre wins with a Claymore after interference from Shane. Grade D. D. Fucking D. The match itself wasn't half bad, but it made McIntyre look terrible. Basically, he couldn't beat The Miz without Shane's help. The same Miz that lost to Shane McMahon twice now. McIntyre looked like a beast at Money in the Bank, only to look like a complete chump here. This was really not good. Yes, he still gets the win, but... It wasn't in a good way. He didn't look good coming out of this. And surprise, the heels attacked Miz, and Roman came out for the save. So yeah, overall, not good. Main event time, as Kofi and Seth take on Corbin and Lashley. This was a serviceable match, but very predictable. Trouble in paradise to Corbin from Kingston, got on the win, and Lashley attacked the faces after the match. Lesnar teased the cash-in as Rollins and Kingston stood in the ring waiting. Grade B. Lesnar circled the whole ring and almost got in the ring before deciding not to cash in. Keeps the interesting Lesnar, well, interesting. The match is the same kind of matches we seem to see every week with Corbin involved, so it's kind of tired, but like I said, it was a serviceable match, and the cash in at the end is what honest, or the, the threat of a cash in is what I think gave this a B. Overall, grade for Raw is a C. The segment, the good segments were good, uh, such as the revival in Usos, uh, the opening segment with Lesnar and Cesaro and Ricochet. Uh, the bad spots were really fucking bad. McIntyre looking like a chump, the Iconics losing, and any segment with Lucha House Party is garbage. Now, finally, it's time for SmackDown, and I feel like this will be the longest making the grade in history. <laughs> At least I'll have something under my belt. Anyway... We start the show off with The New Day throwing a celebration to welcome back Big E. Titty Boy has returned. After taking a few shots at Kevin Owens, he and Sami Zayn interrupt. 
Sammy points out Big E was only out for six weeks when he was out for nine months, and nobody got Sammy anything. Kevin is pissed and says nothing at all, which is very rare, and leaves. Sammy made me laugh by speaking into both mics after Kevin left, tearing down the new day. And the crowd. Grade B. Sets up Kingston versus uh, Zayn later on. No harm, no foul. Zayn was, Zayn was great here, as he has been on the mic. And the New Day with a perfect babyface counter. It's hard. It's hard to talk when you're all, you have a bunch of drugs in your system. Legal, legal drugs. Uh, next, we see Carmella looking for our truth. Um, I still can't seem to escape my 205 Live roots as uh, Wizzy Boy Blue is handing out wanted posters with our truth on them. Truth is wearing a blonde wig, and Carmella is going to help him out. This is not quite the comedy I was talking about earlier on, but it's something. The first match for SmackDown is Ali versus Andrade. This should be good as long as Randy Orton is nowhere to be seen. As I hoped, this was a great match. Andrade worked on the tape back of Ali, and Ali ultimately gets the win with a quick cradle of sorts. Grade A. This told a great story uh, on a match that had no build-up. Uh, a never-give-up babyface in Ali and the brutal, strong, relentless heel in Andrade. These two guys have great offense and can make their opponents look fantastic in the process, and it made for probably what will end up being the match of the night. Next up, we see Carmella did a makeover to R-Truth. <sighs> they kept the cheap blonde wig he had on earlier, added a crop top and sunglasses. Oh, and Carmella's hat. Yep, not this kind of comedy. This leads into a match with Carmella versus Mandy Rose, which has a little bit of story being at the Money in the Bank. Mandy Rose, quote-unquote, injured Carmella. R-Truth accompanies her down to the ring, and he has the actual 24-7 belt on his waist. Alright, sadly, that made me chuckle a little, I'm sad to say. However, this is the same tardy truth that outsmarts all of Raw's undercard last night. So Carmella was basically beating Mandy Rose up before a ton of superstars figured out who Truth really was and chased him out of the building with Truth carrying Carmella on his back grade D. I don't mind the 24-7 championship thing. Just not at the expense of a match, and especially the women. Again, it's already going to be made a comedy out of the lower and mid-card, but that's it's what it's supposed to do. It's going to be silly, and it's, at least they're going to be doing something. But leave the women out of it. Bailey is interviewed backstage, <clears throat> And she basically says she's moved on from the hugs, and now she's going straight to eating pussy. I approve. Seriously, though. Bailey needed a character change, and if she's going to be more aggressive, then so be it. She needs it. Back to our truth He's being chased, and we see the urinator in slow pursuit with his wanted posters. I can't escape this fucking guy. When was the last time he was on the main shows? Now I have to review it, and I see him three fucking times? It's ridiculous. There's a lot of this bullshit going on. Next up, we see Sami Zayn, and he's going against Kofi Kingston. <laughs> Weird. I thought that would be the main event, but I guess not. Oh, I forgot. Roman Reigns and Shane McMahon are involved in the feud. I, I forgot about that. Biggie seems to have been attacked backstage. 
The match was great. Sammy took advantage of a distracted Kingston from Big E being hurt. However, the match comes to an end when Kingston reverses a blue thunder bomb and hits a trouble in paradise for the three count. After the match, Paul Heyman comes out with the briefcase, teases a cash-in, and of all fucking people, Dolph Ziggler brutally attacks Kofi Kingston after the bell. Grade B. It was a very brutal attack, don't get me wrong, but Dolph Ziggler? Really? That's what stopped this from getting an A, honestly. The match was good, the Lesnar cash-in tease was good, the post-match attack was great. But Ziggler, it's just so fucking random, and not in a good way. Because Ziggler has been so infrequent when he had his comebacks lately. It's not, yay, Dolph is back, it's, how long will this one last? Anyway, Roman is walking backstage, and Elias plays him a song from the top of the SmackDown 18-wheeler. Oh, okay. <laughs> kind of random. Lacey Evans and Charlotte Flair take on Becky Lynch and Bailey. Weirdly, Lacey gave uh, a little girl her hat in the audience. Isn't she supposed to be sassy and mean? Bailey and Becky had some tension backstage, but after the heels beat up Be Bailey, Becky got the hot tag and beat up the heels. Bailey eventually won, countering the figure eight into a cradle for the win. Grade B. Fine match, keeping everyone involved, looking strong. Um, you know, uh, it was a match that had both Raw and SmackDown title programs. It kept both of them going. I'd, I'd really like to see Charlotte out of the title picture for, like, any period of time. Because she's always there. Yes, she's arguably the most talented female wrestler they have. But please, just just a little taste. Just a little... Just give me a little... Just something. Back to our truth Okay, back to our truth backstage. He's attacked by goddamn Jinder Mahal and the B-team. But he escapes with Carmella. Dolph promises to respond why he attacked Kofi. He comes out on the ramp and he admitted that he was jealous of Kofi. He says it, It should have been me. It should have been me winning that belt. Yeah, he almost cried, and sorry for the voice cracking. So, I get it now. It's for Super Showdown. Okay. This is the Blood in the Sand program. Fair enough. Next, it's Shane McMahon introducing Elias. It'll be Elias versus Roman Reigns in a rematch. This seemed to be uh, to make up for the two not having an actual match at Money in the Bank. McMahon got involved a lot, but it didn't matter as Roman still won. Shane attacked Roman after the bell, but Roman got the upper hand until McIntyre hit Roman with a claymore. Grade B. Fine match. Elias did look good here, even though he lost, and it shows the best in the world is the biggest heel in WWE, using all of his power to get all these dangerous wrestlers to aid him. Overall grade for SmackDown Live is a B. And that means the overall grade for this week in WWE Wrestling is also a B. Raw was unsurprisingly the weakest of the shows, but it still was better than most recent Raw's past. Money in the Bank was fantastic, Raw was okay, and SmackDown was good. Overall, this week was good for me to fill in for Adam as I enjoyed most of the wrestling from this week, albeit seeing Drip Dick Maverick and Lucha House Party way too much. That does it for this long-ass episode of Making the Grade. Check out our other podcasts, as well as NXT, uh, 
check out our other podcast. I didn't name any yet. Uh, NXT Revisited, Twat Magic, Nitromania, which returned this week, and of course, the Rundown proper. Um, head over to rundownwrestling.com and vote on the hottest men WWE men's tournament, and also head over to Patreon to become a patron. I'm Jeff, and you can catch me on Hurry Up and Cruiserweight next Wednesday. Hopefully. <coughs> Bye.